We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye, hitting you with a solo pod, discussing the latest Nets news and a quick recap of Summer League. But before we get into it, a quick reminder, you can find the Buzz on all streaming platforms. Also hit that subscribe button, drop a review, and give us a follow on Instagram at Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But getting into that news, Darius Baisley, the newest Net, Edmund Sumner, a former Net. We're going to jump into Baisley first. You know, this matched the trend in which the Nets have essentially done all offseason. You know, low-risk signing that had, has potential reward. You know, I wouldn't say low-risk, high reward. You know, I think best-case scenario, Darius Baisley becomes a, a nice role player for the Nets moving forward. But again, another young athletic guy, only 23 years old, has a great wingspan, has already showcased a lot of impactful defense, you know, just with his athleticism, his activity, and as I mentioned, the wingspan and the length. You know, he can block shots. He can switch a little bit. He's very versatile. The problem is the other end of the floor. You know, he's yet to really find a groove in the NBA. He's shown flashes of being able to do certain things, but nothing consistent or efficient. And, you know, we're looking at his three-point shooting, not up to the level it needs to be at. You know, he has the ability to break down defenders at times and get in the paint, but sometimes he can throw up a bad shot, make a bad pass, turn it over, just not really, you know, decision-making in the paint and vision is not where it needs to be. You know, I think just kind of at times maybe making the game a little simpler for him could really be important. You know, at times in OKC also, you know, he elected to isolate. And last season in terms of isolation, he was in the second percentile. So I think overall just kind of understanding who he is in the NBA, developing those skills and finding a role that really suits his game. And reportedly via Nets Daily, this is only a partially guaranteed contract. So there's no guarantee he's going to make this Nets team, but it would make a lot of sense given the needs of the team and the direction they've kind of head in this offseason. Also, as I mentioned, it has a good wingspan. He's 6'8", 6'9". Can rebound the basketball. I wouldn't say he's an elite rebounder, but he can help in that area. You know, his second season in the league averaged over seven rebounds a game. So there is some potential there. And I think in terms of three-point shooting, you know, this is a stat I found um, via Sports Illustrated. Uh, he shot 47% from corners with OKC, but the problem was the sample size was only 17 attempts. So if he can find an area on the floor where he can hit from three at even league average, I think that would be enough to keep him on the floor given his defensive capabilities and also what he can do in transition. You know, he's an athletic guy. He can throw down dunks. You know, you saw some of that in a game he played with Phoenix against the Clippers. You know, a big dunk against Zubak. You know, saw some success on the roll. I think there's 
potential with him. Like we've talked about with Lonnie Walker, like we talked about Dennis Smith Jr. You know, this he's probably shown the least out of all the guys we've mentioned, but he hasn't he hasn't necessarily played in different situations to allow him to excel and take that jump. So it'll be interesting to see what he looks like with the Nets, what role they're trying to put him into and if he can excel. And I think it also fits, you know, I mentioned it fits the offseason trend, but it also kind of fits a trend in a scheme and identity change I think we're going to see from the Nets this upcoming season. And we've talked about on previous Buzz episodes, you know, you're going to see the Nets, I think, obviously focus more defensively. Basically, another good defender, Dennis Smith Jr., obviously very good defender as well. They already have Nick Claxton. They already have Mikael Bridges. Maybe Ben Simmons is good again. Dorian Finney-Smith, obviously, is good on the end of the floor. Cam Johnson, solid. Royce O'Neal, solid. You know, some other solid players defensively on this team. And even Jalen Wilson looks like he could be a solid defender at the NBA level. So, this is a team that needs Needs to be top 10 defensively, maybe top five, top seven is potential and really is going to look to push the pace. You know, they're really going to look to attack in transition. You know, half-court offense is definitely going to be a problem, at least starting the season. But if they can keep things playing at a really fast pace, they have a lot of guys that can get downhill attack and, you know, even play above the rim. You know, you're looking at Darius Baisley, as I mentioned, some big dunks. Dennis Smith Jr., some big dunks. Lonnie Walker can play with athleticism. And all these different young guys, you know, Mikel Bridge is probably one of the best conditioned athletes in the league. Nick Claxton, you know, all these different guys getting them downhill and getting them opportunities to attack the rim when the defense isn't set up is going to be so important for this team offensively. So that's going to be an interesting trend and there's just going to be opportunities for guys to grow their game. You know, this player development staff, you know, this coaching staff is essentially a player development staff, you know, looking at them and their background and all the different hirings, you know, the Nets, don't think they're going to hit on every one of these free agent signings, but if they can hit at two or at a three and they can, you know, build something for the future and, you know, sign these guys long turns next off season with some of the exceptions and potential cap space they have, you know, that's a smart move. I think, uh, regrouping this way for this season makes sense. You know, if you weren't going to swing big and you weren't going to go the rebuild route, going this route does make a lot of sense. And there is potential for success for this Nets team, especially if these guys do well. And then maybe you look to trade off some of these other veterans, as we talked about in Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal. But we'll see how Baisley, you know, fits with this team, what type of minutes or role he has with the squad. But another really interesting and intriguing signing that has a lot of potential. It also could be a, a bust and not really turn into anything, but again, a partially guaranteed contract on a vet minimum. You know, what do the Nets have to lose? And he also just kind of fits a body type that they really don't have. So moving on from him, um, going over to Edmund Sumner, the Nets did not guarantee his contract. You know, it seemed like there was a little bit of a rift between Sumner and the Nets and the coaching staff. You know, didn't see minutes in the playoffs. His role was kind of weird last year. Even at times, he played really well. And it felt like his type of energy and rim pressure was something they needed at different times last year. And for whatever reason, he was not getting those opportunities on the court. So they don't guarantee the deal. Hopefully Sumner finds a new home and is able to kind of take another step forward, you know, recovering from that torn Achilles, you know, gradually looked more and more athletic as the season progressed. But again, the writing was kind of on the wall. As soon as they pushed that guarantee date back, there was a feeling his name was in trades or the Nets were looking at other free agents. So again, wish Sumner the best. It was fun watching him play and get back to the player he was in Indiana. And I think he can even take steps forward and can be a good role player on, on the right team. You know, maybe it just wasn't a great fit in Brooklyn. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. But moving over to Summer League, you know, obviously the Nets wrapped up Summer League. They were in the Summer League playoffs, fell to the Cavs in overtime. The only team to beat them in summer league, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, but we saw some really promising performance. You know, I think the biggest star or highlight of summer league was Jalen Wilson. You know, he's a guy the Nets drafted at 51 overall, and he just came to play. And he checked a lot of boxes, and he doubled down on a lot of things he was already good at. You know, you're looking at a guy who averaged almost 18 points a game, shot 43% from the field, 45% from three, had over seven free throw attempts a game, had over, almost eight rebounds a game, almost three assists a game, one steal, and 1.2 turnovers. So just really good basketball from Jalen Wilson. And he just showcased really a lot of the things that you want to see from an NBA role player. You know, And I think he had varying roles in the Nets offense in summer league. There were games where he was heavily involved. There were opportunities where he was getting a lot of touches and going downhill and other times where he was kind of more of that complimentary player and he was able to do both things well. You know, in the NBA, he'll be more of a complimentary guy, but in terms of tools that he kind of showcased, and I think the three-point shooting was a question in college, but some of that was forced attempts given the offense. And as I said, you know, he shot 45.8% from three in summer league in five games. That was huge. I think defensively, he showcased some things. He's solid at the end of the floor. He's not great athletically, but positions himself well, understands how to read the offense, and also, you know, uses his physicality to his advantage. You know, he's able to eat contact, which was huge for him, I thought, in summer league in comparison to a lot of other young NBA players and rookies in summer league. I think also he showcased some great passing, you know, just able to drive and kick, drive and drop off, just make the smart play. You know, that's something that really stuck out with him. A lot of smart basketball plays from Jalen Wilson in summer league. I loved his activity on the boards. You know, I thought he was great defensively, offensively, using his body, boxing out, and just going up and being active. I think that's just a huge aspect of wanting to be active on the boards, and some guys just lack that. He clearly does not. You know, showcase the driving ability. He's not able to really create an advantage on his own, but, you know, you give him a screen, you know, give him the ball on someone else, you know, creating an advantage. He's going to go downhill and try to attack that open space. Doesn't have the athletic pop to get all the way to the rim all the time, but does a nice job of attacking, you know, a weak shoulder of a defender or an out-of-position defender to get to the free throw line. I think, you know, the free throws will vary at the NBA level, but there was still enough to see that being a tool. Like there'll be a game, I think this season where Jalen Wilson shoots 
over five threes, f over five free throws for this Nets team. And that kind of gets to just his willingness to play with a level of physicality. As I mentioned, with the rebounding, with the defense, with the offense initiating contact, I think that's huge. You know, the NBA game is substantially more physical than people understand. And I think his willingness to just bang bodies early is going to be huge for him and, you know, going against grown men at, at the NBA level. And that kind of goes along with his understanding of his weaknesses and his strengths. And that kind of gets to his basketball IQ. You know, he's a guy that understands what he needs to do and how he can excel and where his weaknesses are. So credit him for just a really good summer league and a guy, in my opinion, that's ready for NBA minutes. You know, how many? We'll see how it looks, you know, the first couple games on the floor. Moving over from Jalen Wilson to Armani Brooks, who had a great summer league for the Nets and probably did enough to earn a two-way spot. Averaged just under 18 points a game, 50% from the field, 47% from three, 4.8 rebounds, two assists, one steal, 1.2 turnovers, just really good offensively. You know, I thought defensively wasn't amazing, but he did compete not super consistently, but consistent enough in that end of the floor. I thought his three-point shooting really was what stuck out. You know, his ability to hit movement threes, you know, pump, one dribble, knock down the three, catch and shoot threes, off the dribble threes, whatever it is. He kind of showed the ability to hit all those shots, some deep threes, some clutch threes. And for me, that's enough for the Nets to really take a look at him, given some of their losses this offseason. You know, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, their three best three-point shooters now gone. You know, Monty Brooks on a two-way contract. You know, maybe you have something there. Maybe he can give you some of that spacing that you really need. And he showcased enough offensively in other areas where he's good enough in that. He's not just a specialist as a three-point shooter. You know, there's enough. There's a floater. He's able to finish layups. And if he's given enough space, he can kind of, you know, pull up and knock down a shot in the mid-range. So I thought Armani Brooks definitely showed something and enough intrigue where given the Nets' weakness in their roster, would make sense to bring him back bring him in on a two-way contract, I should say. But moving over to Noah Clowney, you know, I think Noah Clowney is already a polarizing player for Nets fans or Nets Twitter. You know, a lot of people hate him. A lot of people love him. They love the potential. It's just uh, very interesting to see how the fan base reacts to his play. And obviously, extremely raw prospect. And he had a lot of growing pains, a lot of bad moments in Summer League. But there also were flashes. You know, he wasn't like... There wasn't anything to take away. I thought his length and his ability to impact shots inside and outside the paint was huge. His strokes still look good from three. It was confident, consistent, just wasn't efficient enough. I think the clear areas for him to develop are his feel for the game. You know, too many times on the floor, it looks like he's thinking about basketball instead of reacting. And I think offensively, he needs more opportunities rolling to the rim, finishing inside. Maybe there's a little something to his pump fake and drive. You know, you saw that a couple times in summer league, but he wasn't able to finish. So it's just clear that he has potential in so many different areas to be an impactful NBA player. It's just super raw and does not have enough polish. So we'll see how that kind of plays out. And as many have said, you know, I expect him to spend a lot of time in Long Island this year. He's a guy that just needs reps, a lot of reps. And I think also it would have benefited him to play with a natural point guard in summer league, someone who could set him up a little bit more and give him more opportunities. Just wasn't necessarily a great fit and a great opportunity for him, but I don't think this changed the way the Nets view him. I think really realistically, We'll be looking more at Noah Clowney in 2024 Summer League. You know, how does he look next year in Summer League? Did he make progress? And if he didn't, then it becomes a real worry. But right now, you know, this is not super surprising given, you know, it's what, a month from the draft, not even. So it's not like he was going to magically improve and become super polished 
very quickly. But again, I thought there were a couple flashes of things that were intriguing. But moving on from him, going to David Duke Jr., I hate to say it was a disappointment, but it was. You know, David Duke Jr. is a guy that you wanted to see at the top of the list. He's a guy that you wanted to see, you know, lead this Nets team, you know, make all summer league team. You know, Jalen Wilson's was second team all summer league. You know, that's what you wanted from David Duke Jr. You wanted him to take that next step and really prove he deserves an NBA contract. And he wasn't necessarily bad, but I don't think he was good and he didn't really show improvement in the areas where he needed to improve. You know, his three-point shooting was a major question mark. It's been a question mark since he's been in the NBA. He shot 25% from three, you know, took less than three attempts a game. You know, that's just not what you want to see. You know, rebounding was still able to do his thing defensively, played with an intensity, but also he had 2.6 turnovers and it was just like per game. And it was just like a thing where just bad decisions and a little bit out of control for a guy you want to see take those strides forward and, you know, showing progress. And I just don't think there was necessarily enough from him but we'll see what happens with David Duke Jr. Uh, moving on to Kennedy Chandler, who started kind of hot in Summer League, but then really cooled off. You started to see some of the, the shortcomings of his game. No pun intended. Obviously, undersized guard. Shot 14% from three, 35% from the field. You know, averaged over five assists, but still just isn't good enough as an offensive weapon to be that undersized and not good enough defensively to really have that level of impact. I think he, if he could shoot, you know, 35% from three, that would probably change my opinion on him drastically. But the fact is he was really unwilling to shoot and a lot of his threes just didn't look like they had a chance to go down. So I don't think he did enough to earn a two-way spot. Um, looking at Raekwon Gray, started very slow in summer league, you know, in that last game against the Cavs definitely showcased some things and some of the potential he has, but his efficiency isn't very good. You know, he's a little bit of an older prospect at 24 and I'm not sure, you know, what the Nets are looking to do with him moving forward. Is he going to get a two-way spot? Are they going to try to keep him in Long Island? I'm not really sure. I don't think he's polished enough for NBA basketball or efficient enough. It's just very inconsistent for him in terms of, uh, what what we're seeing on the floor from Raekwon Gray. But there is an intrigue to a skill set, but it's just that. It's it's an intrigue, and it's been that way since he's been drafted. So I'm not sure what's going to come of him. But moving over to Matt Lewis, I thought had a couple good moments for the Nets. Not anything that was insane, but enough where you, know, you hope he gets a spot with the Long Island team, and maybe he gets a two-way in the future if he can develop a little bit further. But overall, the biggest takeaways for Summer League were Jalen Wilson was amazing and he's ready for NBA basketball. Noah Clowney is not ready for NBA basketball and needs a lot of development. David Duke Jr. probably hasn't taken enough strides forward to get that NBA contract and Armani Brooks is a guy that's going to probably get a two-way from the Nets. If it was up to me, Jalen Wilson obviously already signed to a two-way, give Armani Brooks another two-way and then I'd probably look around the league to see who else I could steal from one of these other summer league teams before looking at Raekwon Gray or David Duke Jr. I think you know, the Nets might end up going with one of those two, but for me personally, I'd probably try to look around the league and see if I could swoop somebody in, you know, swoop up and steal somebody. And also the Nets don't necessarily have to fill that spot today. They could fill it around training camp whenever they feel necessary. You know, you can wave a two-way player at any time and sign somebody new. So there's going to be different options for the Nets and what they can do with this two-way spot, this, these two-way spots moving forward. There's also potential Jalen Wilson gets a real NBA contract by the time the season starts. Who really knows what's going to happen with all that? But overall, there was definitely 
some excitement with Nets Summer League given they made the playoffs and they looked like a good squad. And as I mentioned, Jalen Wilson was awesome and Amani Brooks is really good too. So we'll see how it all plays out. But And that's it for me. Big thanks to everybody for listening. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms.